This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. You say, okay, if any of the Gentiles are not found in the book of life. Now, there's two books. There's books, plural, and then you have book, which is the book of life. The books, the reason why it's plural, everyone's going to stand before the throne. There are two people, those that accept the Lord Jesus Christ, put their faith and trust in the Lord, and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, and there's going to be those that have rejected Christ his salvation. In today's message, Pastor Eddie teaches us that there are two books in heaven. The first book has all the names of those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. Those whose names are written in the book of life will be granted access to heaven through the blood of the Lamb. However, the second book has the names of those who have not trusted Christ as their Savior. These poor souls will be judged on their lawless works and will be found wanting in the face of a holy God. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie with today's edition of Running the Race. Jesus tells us not to judge, or you too will be judged. In Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5, it says, Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Oh, how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look at the plank in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Very simple. We shouldn't creno anyone. You know, and again, we look at fault because it's easy for us again. Some of us will take a magnifying glass to find that one little speck of sawdust in their brother's eye. And meanwhile, they have a telephone pole coming out of their own eye. And it's wrong. It's not our place to judge people, judge unto condemnation. Paul tells us later on in Romans chapter 14, verse 13, he says, therefore, let us not judge one another anymore. He's talking to the church. He's talking to fellow believers. Why? Because the more you know about the law, the more you're critical about the law, and you start judging everyone. Now you're more aware of the law. Hey, that's illegal. I found out that's illegal. We shouldn't do that. Oh, that's a sin. I found that in the Bible. Oh, that's a sin. You know, we go to church, and we are filled with laws and legalism sometimes, and we, we tend to now get all the laws together and start looking at everybody to see that they broke those laws. So Paul is writing to fellow believers. So let us not crino one another. Now, there's another judgment in the New Testament. Another word for judge in the scripture that Jesus tells us about is the judgment to exercise with careful discernment. That's a judgment. 
Jesus said in John chapter 7, verse 24, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. There's a judgment? Yes, it's a righteous judgment. Not judged by appearance, not talking about, oh, listen, you need a makeover. I don't like your tie. I don't, mind, don't match your shirt. I'm not, we're not, he's not talking about that appearance. He's talking about the actions. Because we really don't understand the full picture of someone's life. So don't judge by the outward appearance, but judge by righteous judgment. The judgment word here in the Greek is christen, christen. That's to judge, make a righteous judgment, not based on appearance, but to evaluate to come to a conclusion. And then there's a third judge, and it's diacrino. Diacrino, which means to spot a problem, to see a problem. That's a judgment that we should exercise as well. Righteous judgment, and now this diacrino is a judgment we must practice. And what is a diacrino judgment? Jesus gave us a verse. Jesus gave these words. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 to 16, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly they are ravish, ravish wolves, wolves. You will know them by their fruit. How would you know if the, a person is a false prophet? How would you know it's a wolf in sheep clothing? Diacrino. So you see, There is different types of judgment, and sometimes, you know, Christians are often accused of judging people, you know, judging people whenever, uh, you know, we speak against sinful activity. And when the church is taking a stand against certain practices that are here in America now, like homosexuality or an abortion, oh, why are you judging? It's not crino. We're not judging under condemnation. Sin is sin. We're calling it sin because the Bible calls it sin. That is why. And so we need to be careful when it comes to the area of judgment, but Christ tells us what we should be judging. But we shouldn't judge someone because we see someone uh, behave in such a way they, they commit a sinful act. So you're going to judge. You're going to hell for that. Or God is angry at you. Oh, that's really bad. That's not our place. I hope no one here in Calvary Chapel practiced that. If you have, now you know. What area you should judge? Looking out for false prophets. Being aware of a problem. As a matter of fact, we are to carefully judge for identification, not for condemnation. That's an area that's only for the Lord. He is only he who judges. And so he is to judge. And he's going to judge those, especially as Paul is speaking to us here, because those who judge, crino, others, Paul says, you practice the same things. Let's look at verse 2. But we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. God, in his justice, will punish anyone who practices sin. That is, the wages of sin is death, isn't it? God is the one who would judge, condemn those according to truth, according to his truth, according to the word. And only God to do, can do that because God knows the heart of every man. You see, we may witness someone commit a sin that, okay, it's obvious, and you may not crino them, hopefully you don't, 
But see, God knows all things. There are more deeper things in someone's heart, and only God could see those things. God knows the heart of every man. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 13, the writer of Hebrews says, And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to his eyes of him to whom we must give an account, and we will give an account. We need to be careful. You know, I've learned, you know, the more you understand your relationship with God, the better you are with fellow man. I tell you why. I've learned how grateful, gracious God is towards me, how merciful, how patient he is for me, to me, and how, he, how much he forgives me. Because I learned that from my master, I learned that from Jesus, I then passed that on to my fellow man. I've learned to have mercy among others. I learned to be patient with others. I've learned so much of how to treat people because the way he has treated me. He is my God. He loves me. And I in turn do the same for others. All we are to do is not to judge. We are to love and pray to encourage one another so that when we fall short, when we sin, we too can receive love and prayer and encouragement for our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. God doesn't need our help in judging. Leave that to the Lord. Verse 3 He continues to say, and do you think this, O man, you who judge those practice such things and do the same, that you will escape the judgment of God? God's judgment is inescapable. Every man will give an answer. Every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Every man will appear before God. Every man, woman, boy or girl will appear before God. Verse 4. Do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Yes, the goodness of God leads us to repentance. I remember I met a co-worker of mine and went to training, and he, doesn't, he didn't work the precinct where I was stationed at. But I saw him at a table, and he was reading. I think it was a Charles Stanley booklet. And I said, wow, it's probably a Christian or someone is new in the faith. Let me go and, you know, just fellowship with him, encourage him, or just rejoice with him, whatever. I went, with, I went to speak with him, and he just started sharing his testimony, how he gave his life to the Lord. And it was kind of, it was the first that I've heard. And he said, you know what? One time, I, I, you know, I just purchased a new home with an in-ground pool, and things were going great. My wife got a promotion, a job. She's doing great. My kids. And I was just there in the pool. You know, just enjoying what, you know, all that I have. You know, life is really good. And then in the evening time, life was really good. Then I, re- I started thinking, there's got to be a God up there. And however the Lord used to convict him, he, that's how he came to the Lord. That's how he came to the Lord. But there is so much goodness that leads us to repentance. God has given us life, given life to everyone. He has created so much for us, this beautiful world for us to live in, to appreciate. He's given us his only son, Jesus Christ. And he continues to give, even while we're here on earth, as he prepares a place for his church. It leads us to repentance. God is tolerant. God is patient towards us. Verse 5, but in accordance with your hardness and your impatient heart, 
you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation of the righteousness, the righteous judgment of God, who will render to each one according to his deeds. And, and you might see it in italics there and in your Bible, and that is because Paul is quoting from Psalm 62, verse 12. But here's another verse, Proverbs 24, 12. It says, if you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the heart considers it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? God knows all things. He knows whether or not you understand what is right or wrong. He'll judge you righteously. God's judgment according to deeds, just as God judges according to the truth, as we read in verse 2. He says, For who will render to each one according to his deeds? Verse 7, eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. So those who keep doing good, seeking after the glory and honor, God offers eternal life. It's just very simple. Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 8, but to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish on every soul of man who does evil, of the Jew first and also the Greek. You know, sometimes we look and say, why do I say the Jews first? I want to be first. Well, <laughs> so is the punishment first. <laughs> Verse 10, but glory, honor, and peace to everyone who works what is good to the Jew first and also the Greek. For there is no partiality with God. No partiality with God. There is no favoritism. We studied that when we looked at the book of Acts. Remember when Peter, uh, uh, you know, the Lord started bringing in the Gentiles, added to the body, and Peter, you know, was to go to Cornelius, a, a Roman uh, Gentile uh, soldier, and went out, and, and he said, how can I go to a Gentile? I can't fellowship with Gentiles. I can't even talk with Gentiles. I can't go into their homes. I can't even have bacon. But he did it anyway. And God showed him in a vision. And you see, you see that nice pork loin there? You see that nice cheeseburger there that comes down? Eat it. He said, no, God, no. Eat it. And the Lord said, don't call unclean what I have cleaned. There's no partiality with God. Again, the Jews were there to bring forth the Messiah. The Messiah couldn't have came from anyone, any nationality, any race, any tribe. But he had to come through somewhere. And they were to be an example of light. But there's no partiality. So now, let's go back to the courtroom, God's courtroom. Paul is almost finished up here uh, with the moralist, the good person. And uh, he's about to get to the people of the law, the Jews. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 20. God's judgment is inescapable for every man. Every woman. In verse 11 in Revelation chapter 20, it says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were open. Books is plural. And another book, that's singular, was open, which is the book of life. 
and the dead were judged according to their works, which is deeds, by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and the dead in Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then dead in Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Anyone not found written in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire. Now there's two books. When God judged every man, every man, all, verse 15 says, if anyone not found, he didn't say, okay, if any of the Gentiles are not found in the book of life. Now there's two books. There's books, plural, and then you have book, which is the book of life. The books, the reason why it's plural, everyone's going to stand before the throne. But there are two people, those that accept the Lord Jesus Christ, put their faith and trust in the Lord, and accepted Jesus Christ as Lord, a personal Savior, and there's going to be those that have rejected Christ, his salvation. So the books are plural. Why they're plural is because it's a book of everyone that have not accepted Christ and all their sins and their deeds that have not been forgiven, they've been piling up into books. Where if you accepted Jesus Christ, right, sins have been washed away. All we need is your name. Isn't that great? Wouldn't you like that to take place when you go to the DMV? I need a license. What do I have to give you my whole history? <laughs> right? That'll be nice, right? If you go to DMV, here's my name, here's my face. That's good enough. But the book of life is just a singular book. It's those that have made it. Moses knew about this. He says, Lord, blot my name out of the book. What book was that? The book of life. And then you have the deeds, the works in the books. That's why we need the blood of the Lamb. That's why we need Jesus Christ, to wipe away the sins of the world. Wipe away your sins, that you're no longer in a category in his bookshelves in heaven that's all the way reached the sky, this long ladder, you know, that rolls back and try to find number book in the 2012 shelf and then book number AAA3346, alphabetical order, you know, with your name and all your deeds, you want to be written in the book of life. But there will be judged, all will be judged Every man, no partiality. There's not a book for Jews. There's not a book for Gentiles. When you go to heaven, there's not a corner for Baptists. Uh, You know, God is not even a Pentecostal. He's not Catholic. He's not a Methodist. He's not a Protestant. God is God. We divide. We make divisions. But we all will be judged. All will be judged. There is no partiality. The dead, small and great, Jew and Gentile will be judged. Verse 12. It says, for as many have sinned without law, will also perish without law. Who was without the law? The Gentiles. The Gentiles did not have the law. They were without the law. But they are not excused from God's judgment either. Well, we didn't have the law, the law, Lord. Well, you have a conscience. Remember, we dealt with the depraved Gentile. They're left without excuse. All the creation testify of his glory. You're left without excuse. The law of Moses would not be used against, uh, as a standard of judgment against those who did not have the law, but they too will perish. For as many have sinned without the law will also perish without the law, and as many have sinned in the law will be judged by the law. Okay, you want the law? 
You want to live by the law? We're going to judge you by the law. You know, and that goes for Christians as well. You know right from wrong. The Jews will be judged by the law. You want to use the law? Great, you judge by the law. But guess what? You, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you know Scripture that with Scripture tells you what offends God and what sin against God, you know, ungodliness and sin against fellow man, unrighteousness. So the Gentiles would not be judged by the law. God did not give the Gentiles the law, but they knew right from wrong. The Jews would be judged. Gentiles would be judged. And they know what's right or wrong. We have to understand, God is a righteous judge. And God would judge fairly. He knows whether you know or you don't know. He knows if it was in your heart. Again, we always worry about the man in the jungle. What about the man in the jungle? Nobody shared the gospel to him. <laughs> All of creation testifies he's left without excuse. So the depraved Gentiles without excuse. And so is the moralist. In verse 13, for not the hearers of the law are just in the sight of God, but the doers of the law will be justified. In other words, just listening to the word of God doesn't make you right with God. Yeah, you can put on a Christian radio, you can put on a Christian TV channel, and you can put on a, a CD or whatever, something in your iPod or on your phone, and just listen to a message. That doesn't make you right with God. It's what you do with that message. It's what you do. When you hear the law, you are now accountable for it because you know it. James chapter 1, verse 2, it says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. We got a lot of people that have a lot of gospel pumped into their brains and in their heart, but they're not practicing what they study. They're not practicing what they're listening. They're not living out what they hear. And that's the problem with the church today. There are a lot of churchgoers. And being a part of church or in a church, you know, it's just tradition. This is what we do. This is where I am. This is where I stay. But, you know, it's not about that. It's not what a church is for. Church is there for you come in, receive the word, and practice what you've learned from God's word. Be doers. Verse 14, for when Gentiles who do not have the law by nature do the things in the law, these, although not having the law, are a law to themselves. How? Who show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and between themselves their thoughts accusing or else excusing them in the day when God will judge the secret of man by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. Every person, every human being has an inner sense of know what's right and wrong, an inner judge, if you will, Within every man, the Bible calls it a conscience. We have this moral compass to know what's right and what's wrong. The book of Romans gives us a unique review of scriptural doctrine. As we continue to learn from this New Testament book, we'll also discover the gospel's powerful message throughout and discover practical life application with it as well. We pray Eddie's message on running the race has been an encouragement to you and that you're eager to learn more about the gospel message and how it applies to you. We'd like you to know that we pray for you regularly here at Running the Race, and we're so glad that you are one of our listeners. We'd also like to encourage you to find a local church where you can be part of a community that's growing together in faith. With that in mind, 
Here's Tracy. Maybe you're listening right now in Milford, Pennsylvania, and you don't have a home church. We want to take this time to invite you to join us for worship. We meet Sunday mornings at 9 and 11 a.m. and every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. For more information, call us at 570-296-7367. That's 570-296-7367. Or log on to runningtheraceradio.com and click on Service Times. Thanks, Tracy. That website, once again, is runningtheraceradio.com. While you're there, you can also listen to more messages by Eddie or download them to take with you on the go. That's all we have for today, but join us again for more on the Book of Romans right here on Running the Race. I'm